You're listening to the Christian Humanist Radio Network, christianhumanist.org. This is the Christian Humanist Podcast, a weekly discussion of theology, philosophy, literature, art, and other things that human beings do well. And now your hosts, David Grubbs, Nathan Gilmore, and Michael Fong. So the same Downloading another episode of the Christian Humanist Podcast. This is Big 300. Yes, listeners, some of you have been listening to entirely too many hours of us talking about literature, philosophy, theology, and other thing, other things human beings do well. You'd think I could recite that after 300 episodes. But I am Nathan Gilmore. I'm a professor of English at Emmanuel College in Franklin Springs, Georgia. It's been a while since I've been over there, clearly. I am joined online today by Dr. Michael Farmer coming at you from Sandy Springs, Georgia. Michael, how are you? I'm good, Nathan. I'm always glad when somebody else has trouble remembering the name of the school in town where you teach because I get it wrong so often. <laughs> that's nice. That's nice. Uh, someone who, uh, you know, his uh, school and his town are similar enough that I rarely get them wrong. Dr. David Grubbs, he's an assistant professor of English at Houston Baptist University in Houston, Texas. David, how are things? Things are. Things are well. And I don't think I've ever botched Emanuel College's name, but I did work there briefly, so I'll say that's why. Very good. Well, around the network this week, uh, we have a Christian Humanist Profiles episode, and it is a uh, it is a French-looking name. So, Michael, who is the author? I think the name is actually... Well, maybe it is French. I, 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 if, if it is, I don't know. Um, I don't know what the French word means. Anyway, my wife Victoria Riddles Farmer has interviewed Kristen Cobes Dumay about her new book Jesus and John Wayne, about uh, evangelical masculinity, and I'm very much looking forward to hearing this interview because uh, whenever Victoria was reading the book around the house, she would start yelling about things. <laughs> nice, nice. We also have another uh, City of Man <laughs> country music episode, Michael. Uh, what part of the country are we traveling to now? Uh, I don't know what is airing the day before you heard this, but the day before we're recording it, we they released the episode on women of the 90s. So you get my thoughts on Shania Twain. All right. Um, yeah, I, I don't have very many good thoughts about Shania Twain. But I believe you do. I called uh, Man, I Feel Like a Woman one of the greatest songs ever written by anyone. Okay. All right. I, uh, we can We can differ on that, I suppose. Today's episode, though, uh, we are going to get self-indulgent for an episode because, frankly, 300 is a substantial number, uh, and we're just going to talk about what it is like to be on this end of 300 episodes, 11 years of podcasting. Uh, the Christian Humanist Podcast got its start in October 2009, uh, and I'll grant that this should be the last question, uh, so of course I'm going to lead with it. Um, what are two or three episodes over our run? that you two remember especially well or with particular discomfort. Michael, I'll let you start. Well, I mean, I think our first seven or eight episodes are almost unlistenable. Uh, I say that as someone who hasn't listened to them in a long time, so maybe if I went back I would find them uh, much better. 
than I remember them being, but in particular, episodes 5 and 5.1 on neo-Calvinism and the emergent church, I am truly embarrassed that we ever put out there in the world. I, I think my thoughts in particular on those episodes were very half-baked. Um, and, and, you know, from, from time to time, especially early on, we would try to tackle these big questions because we didn't really know what we were doing <laughs> and <laughs> and we would give ourselves a week to 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 handle all of neo-calvinism versus emergent church neither one of which i have any like you know serious academic experience in. and we do two episodes on it right in a row and uh, i'm i'm embarrassed by those some of the other ones i remember more fondly i remember the heidegger episode as being um, uh, one of the earlier good episodes we did. And I, I say that, David, not because I think you weren't on it. Is that accurate? I think that's right. I have no memory of having been on it. So either you were, I you wasn't. You were not. Yeah, it's a, it's a, a 28.1. Yeah, you were not on that one. But <laughs> it's just not why I remember it being one of the better ones. But that's one where Might Nathan and I had spent so much time thinking and talking about Heidegger together that it was kind of a relief to be able to uh, to record it and get it out into the world. And to my surprise, I see that that was like a year after we started the podcast. It's episode 28.1. How about you, David? What do you uh, remember well or not so well? Oh, Lori, I have similar feelings about our, our early our early episodes when we decided let's say everything about a giant subject in one hour patristics in 52 minutes yeah what were what were we thinking um that yeah the ones that i, I just kind of scrolling starting at the beginning and and scrolling up uh, the the first the first couple of trilogies that we did um the triptych with uh richard weaver uh, I oh yeah, that. I remember that one being that was really important to me, and still, still, still is. Um, that was a that was a listener favorite too. You know, I the thing I remember about those episodes, David, is that um, at some point while we were, I think, in the midst of recording them, is when I flew to Minnesota for my job interview, because I mm. I have a very distinct memory of reading one of those Richard Weaver essays in the Atlanta airport. Wow. Wow. That, that really, that really locates it. Um, uh, the, the Weaver triptych, the, the Greek tragedy triptych, um, that, that one shows up in my mind a lot. Um, uh, freedom on the freedom of a Christian. I enjoyed that one. Uh, I, I think, I think about that one a great deal, but probably one of the ones that, I think is more recent that that's really kind of stood out to me uh, is our episode on leaf by nickel. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause I have loved that story for so long that sharing it with y'all and having you, having you, having you speak about it um, was, uh, was really special. It was, it was like getting to, sh getting to share, um, you know, a favorite meal or some, or something, you know, taking somebody to a place that's, you know, kind of an old favorite place of yours and, and just sort of sitting back and hoping that they see in it what you did. And, uh, yeah. So that, those are, those are some of the ones that, that really kind of stood out to me. 
but there were lots. There were just lots of them as I as I was going back. What about Leaf you? by Niggle was fun for me because it's where I learned I didn't hate absolutely everything that Tolkien. <laughs> just almost everything. <laughs> now it's funny, David, because one of them I was going to pick out was actually uh, about five years five years before that uh, when we had the episode where we tried to convince Michael not to hate Tolkien. Yeah, uh, so, that was fun. Uh, I, I had a lot of fun on that one. Uh, and then one that we did not long after that one, uh, where we watched all three Back to the Future movies and talked about them with Michael. Uh, I, I think those two stand out to me because they were, in my mind, you know, kind of explorations of your fandoms huh. and, you know, opportunities for us to, for those of us who did not spend as much time with Tolkien or with Back to the Future, to try to add something to it. And I, I, I like those episodes uh, when... One of us brings, you know, kind of a, a favorite text or a favorite artifact uh, to the table. And, you know, we we try to, you know, say smart things about them. I, I kind of dig that. The, the Tolkien episode, it seems to me, is one of the few we've ever done the smart thing on, which is let the person who knows the least ask the questions. Because usually what happens <laughs> is the person who has any kind of knowledge of the subject is the one who asks the questions and thus doesn't really get to talk about it. And and we, we've broken that so few times that it's it's weird we don't do it more. Although I do remember uh, one time, again, when David was off the show, I know we keep talking about those episodes, seems mean, um, <laughs> but I, uh, I I did serve up a slate of questions to you and Danny Anderson about Jewish American novels. That's true. That was another and one. I, and I, like I kind of got to sit back and let you two be American literature scholars. Yeah, we really should do that more often. Yeah, and see, I, 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 the case that I would make for uh, the way that we do it, and I'm, I'm thinking right now of our recent episode on Philoctetes, which is one of my favorite Athenian tragedies, and you two, just, I mean, your conversation on it was great. Uh, is that I get in such a groove with my favorite texts and my favorite plays and my favorite movies and so on and so forth, that I don't really have very many new thoughts about it. And those episodes mm. let me have some new thoughts about them. Yeah. The other side of it, I, I, I think that's a great point, Nathan. And and the, the, the flip side of it, too, is that it kind of takes a certain degree of knowledge and familiarity in order to be able to construct good questions. Yeah, um, that's true. I mean, I, I think even even though you don't, you, 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 you're on record as not being a super Tolkien fan, uh, the questions that you assembled for that episode um, reflected knowledge of, of the subject. You know, if you'd asked me to concoct the questions for an episode on Heidegger. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it that makes him better than Lodiger? <laughs> I like middle Browdiger. <laughs> <laughs> middle Browdiger, yeah. That, there, oh shoot! Hey, there's a Twitter handle for you if you're looking for one. You're listening. That's true. Yeah, if somebody needs to go anonymous, Middle Browdiger. <laughs> that's that's nice. That's nice. Well, David, I want to talk a little bit about those beginnings. We talked about how the episodes themselves were a learning process. I'm going to put a positive spin on it. Um, <laughs> well, and really as you remember, the things... early ones off the internet so that nobody can ever hear them again. <laughs> No, no, it keeps us humble, keeps us humble. But David, as you remember things, what were some of our early influences as we started shaping this thing, either from other podcasts, from radio, from our professors, 
wherever else, I mean, what gave this show its early shape? Mm. Now, y'all, you, you two came up with the idea of a podcast before... I, it was Michael, actually. Yeah, okay. it was me. But, but it was the, Nathan's idea to bring you in. Okay, so, so, so it's Nathan's fault. Um, <laughs> oh, God, can you imagine how tedious this show would be if it was just me and Nathan? We need you, man. <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, that's, that, that's, it's, good to, it's, good to, it's good to be needed. Um, but y'all were also the ones who actually listens to podcasts. Um, I did not have a pod. Um, you know, I, uh, I didn't have a, I don't, didn't and don't have a smartphone. Um, I never got, uh, an MP3 player that was, you know, that, that would kind of queue up to iTunes. I never had the, the technological stuff involved in podcasts. And so it was, it was just never really something that I got into. I'd listen to like an audio sermon or something like that. So they were, they were completely not on my radar, but then y'all would talk about, uh, homebrewed Christianity or, uh, Christ the center was one of the big, uh, one of the big ones that we would kind of listen to. And then over, over time, um, listening became hate listening and, Anyway, <laughs> and then not listening at all. And then not listening at all. Uh, the let's see, others that I remember: Christianity and Western culture, if I remember rightly. Mm-hmm. CWC uh, the radio show. Yes, yes, CWC the radio show. Um, yeah, they they were uh, they were one of our our, our big interlocutors. Um, oh gosh, I know I know there must have been others that that, that y'all talked about. But other things was Nathan's kind of being massively online with all different sorts of people. <laughs> now, what does that mean? I have no idea what that means. I think he's uh, well, talking yeah. about your relationship with the ooze, Nathan. Yeah. Oh, dear heavens, the ooze, yes. Well, the ooze and um, what was that other? Was it, was, it the, the, was it the Calvinist Underground or something like that? I, I, what was uh, it? The, the, oh gosh, the Conservative Reformed Mafia. And listeners, yes, I was a writer for the Conservative Reformed Mafia. Wait, how, how did I not know that? You're like, you're, you're so anti-reformed. Uh, <laughs> the, the answer is a, a lot of the Calvinists from the ooze uh knew that I could write about philosophy a little bit, so they wanted to have someone who could do that on their new group blog, the Conservative Reformed Mafia, so they invited me over, and I became the Conservative Reformed Mafiosi, uh, who was one out of three. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> just the Conservative Mafiosi, is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, nope, one out of three. I, I was just in the mafia. I was neither conservative nor reformed. Oh, okay, just mafia. All right. Um, so there was that. That 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 I think shaped a lot of the a lot of the topics, or at least it seemed to show up in the conversations um, that we were having. On my own side, uh, and I, I I'm sure that I've told this story before, but uh, Biola University's Tory Honors Institute had an audio lectures. Uh, archive that I had listened to a lot of all through graduate school. And that had really sort of shaped my, my idea of what it looked like to be uh, a humanities scholar who could talk genially about everything. Well, and David, and, I would, I would say that beyond just those lectures, the, I, 
for me, the biggest influence was the Tory Honors Institute podcast, which was called the Scriptorium. Middlebrow. Lo- what? Middlebrow. Middlebrow. That's right. The Scriptorium was the blog, and Middlebrow was the podcast. I would say, I would say, on my end at least, that was the biggest single influence about as to how this show works. So, and, and I would regard them as as uh, sort of mentors or role models or ideas of what it and what it was in my head that I wanted to be like when I opened my mouth and said stuff. And uh, another person who probably needs a shout out because he, uh, in in looking back, I feel like I referenced him a lot was uh, my PhD director at the time. Um, uh, my advisor, uh, Dogmas Johnny Evans. Uh, I feel like it's been a long time since I've mentioned him online, but it, but but looking back, I feel like we just we just talked about that. Um, you know, we were we all met in the University of Georgia uh, English department, and for a while, I feel like that that Athenian uh, community kind of stuck with us for a while. Oh sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. And, and, I mean, you, you still know, live for, there. <laughs> I, I, I do, but I still probably spend less time in Athens than either of you do. Mm. <laughs> Nathan, for but our it, listeners who haven't figured it out yet, Nathan doesn't like to have a good time. Nope, I'm, I'm firmly against it. Now, I will say, David, I, I don't know if I've told you the story or not. I'm sure I have. But, uh, you know, my, uh, my doctoral director was Fran Teague, but Jonathan Evans was one of my readers. Uh. And uh, in the middle of my dissertation defense... Fran Teague starts citing particular episodes of the podcast and using them as follow-up questions about my dissertation, bringing them into conversation with it. And I, I looked over at Evans, and I mean, he, he, he was just grinning ear to ear <laughs> because, uh, you know, the Christian Humanist podcast was now in a dissertation defense. Dude, Good thing you didn't I don't say anything that. nasty about Teague on the show. How could you do? How could you yeah, though? She was she's, she's wonderful. You know, I've never <laughs> I, met she her. Really she Victoria really is. Victoria loves her as much as you do. So I'll take your word for it. Just delightful. She really is. So what? I'm, I'm not, what did I not know? What conversations and influences would I was I not privy to? One of them that immediately comes to my mind is uh, in our time, which is a BBC podcast. Oh sure. Uh, because every week, uh, the host Melvin Bragg has three legitimate experts on to talk about, you know, a topic that just ranges wildly from history to philosophy to literature to science. So I said, hey, we can do that, except we can just pretend to be experts. Yeah, yeah, we got three <laughs> Melvin Braggs. <laughs> also, Duke's name is Melvin Bragg. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. That's a good show. Um, like, it's really consistent. It, it really good. is. Oh, I still listen to it. Absolutely. Too. Yeah. I can't express to our listeners how few podcasts there were in 2009 when we started this like now everybody has a podcast right like this was really yeah. uh this was really like a uh uh what do you what do you call it cable access show at the time this wasn't, <laughs> this wasn't something everybody did we didn't have there were there were some christian humanist christian humanist party time excellent Yes. So, I mean, there, there weren't a lot of models for what we do. And, and in terms of, like, the exact thing we do, there were hardly any models at all. Right, right. Now, I will say two radio influences on me, at least. Uh, and, I mean, I, I can hear you all rolling your eyes across the Internet whenever I start to invoke them are uh, 
first of all, I mean, uh, you know, the car talk guys, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Ray, rest in peace. Uh, that kind of rhythm, that kind of humor, uh, I definitely try to emulate. Uh, and then, uh, you know, to throw it way back, uh, the rhythm and the humor of Harry Carey and Steve Stone on old WGN baseball broadcasts uh, were definitely kind of models for my on-air persona. Well, and nice. I would say I would say my major like terrestrial radio influence was Loveline, which I don't listen to even the old episodes anymore because I feel guilty about it. But um, I, I I definitely think my sense of humor on the air is very much influenced by that. Or hopefully my politics aren't quite as reactionary. Nice, nice. Well, Michael, uh, since we've thrown it back, I want to indulge in a bit of self congratulation for a moment. What have we gotten better at over 11 years, and what other things have changed, even if you're not so sure they are good changes? Uh, well, one thing that's changed on my end is that I don't I don't really make a lot of notes anymore. I'm sure if you go back and listen to our early episodes, you can hear me just reading things that I had I'd written out because I wasn't confident in my ability to improvise, which I am more confident in now, maybe, maybe to my detriment. Uh, although I edit the show, so you don't... I, I suspect mostly you don't hear my terrible stammering as I try to think of something to say. So I I would say on my end, that's the biggest thing that's changed. What else have we gotten better at? Uh, I would say a a big thing that's changed is, and and this is just necessity, if you go back and look at our early episodes, we're talking about these huge topics. We do an episode on Plato. Uh, or we do an episode on like hell and instead of, you know, as, as time went on, we exhausted those big topics and ended up kind of turning to individual texts, which I think in some ways is better. It certainly makes it easier to prepare and in some ways is worse. I think we, we do probably lose something by not having the big uh, survey topics that we used to have. It's just we've kind of run out of things to survey. I guess we could go do another episode on hell 10 years later. Uh, we've read more, and I, I'm sure our, our theology has changed. And we can call it bat out of hell too. <laughs> That's right, back into hell. I I don't know that I don't know that we necessarily ran out of big topics. Um, on my end of it, I feel oh, that over time I started to realize how insufficient I was to do justice to those big topics. Uh huh. In, in the course of an episode, I started to realize the limits of what, what could be done in an episode. And uh, if over time the scope of our focus becomes tighter uh, in terms of a topic uh, or a text, uh, I, I feel like that's, that's better for the medium that we're in. Um, I would rather do... Uh, a good nature walk through my backyard than a haphazard Concord flyover over the continent. So, yeah, I think that's an improvement. I don't know. Maybe our listeners don't agree. I, I still remember with a chill. We have a, a review somewhere <laughs> out there that says our first hundred episodes are by far better than the rest. Oh, Ouch. I don't read our reviews as much as I can because I internalize every negative thing anybody's ever said about me. But uh, I, I do remember that one. And this guy was, like, recommending us. It wasn't a negative review. Just don't stop. Start. Just don't listen after 100. Well, I just said that the uh, the first 100 are better than the rest of them, which, first of all, I don't know that I agree with. I think probably we got better after. I don't know that our last 100 are better than our middle 100. But um, I don't know. 
Like I said, I try not to. Yeah, we're, we're not exactly the people to be judging that either. That's true. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, I so it, there's at least one listener who liked it better when we did the broad topics, but who knows what that means. Do you read the reviews? Like, do you go to iTunes and look at what people have said about us? I really honestly have no I, idea. I, I used to do it more than I do now. Uh, not because, you know, they're negative or anything, but just because I don't have any Apple devices anymore. So uh. I, I'm just never on iTunes. <laughs> Same. So I, I have no idea what anybody says about it unless they say it to us. Yeah, you're better off that way. Am I? But I, but I will say, I mean, as far as, you know hearing about our show from other people uh you know my friend and uh, former colleague seth perry uh does occasionally you know send me a text message or an email uh you know commenting on a recent episode so i i, I know that there are people out there listening and enjoying so i mean it's, mm-hmm. it's fun that way and my we, friend we, todd we howard thank, is the same we want to thank those of you who sent um pictures of your libraries we requested that a few weeks ago and we got quite a few emails from people we had never heard from before so Thank you. It is nice to know that somebody out there is is enjoying this program because, you know, you sit here in front of a microphone for an hour a week and talk and you send it out there and, you know, there's so many podcasts. There's tens of thousands of podcasts. Who knows? Um, who knows if any of them really have an audience? So let's I mean, let's consider, too, how many podcasts that have um, made it big you know, if we want to use that phrase, also have associated with them uh, Patreons and Kickstarters and uh, other kind of ancillary projects that kind of reinforce uh, the connection that they have with their listeners. And uh, that's not something that we have pursued over time. It's been, it's, it is, it is, it is, it is a thing. (laughs) I mean, we, we've talked about doing a Patreon for some time now. Yeah. Yeah. We're just all busy. Now, the other <laughs> thing, David, that I, we have that, that I do know that a lot of shows that I listen to uh, put on a lot more than we do are live events. Oh, I would uh, love to do live events. Mm-hmm. We did do one. We did, and it was great. That was like the third time the three of us were in a room together. <laughs> May- true. Maybe we should maybe should we should save that for uh, one of the later one of the later questions. Okay. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. No, sorry no, no. I'm that. just saying, like, like, like that. That I mean, in, unless we want to bring it up now, is that is that is that anybody's kind of like, uh, like behind the scenes story? Because I feel like that that one was fun because it was both behind and in front, you know, in front of audiences and behind the scenes. All right. No, I'm not. I'm not going to talk about that one. So I'll let you have that one when we get there. Sure. So, so David, as I was thinking about this episode, uh, a question that that occurs to me sometimes when I'm alone, uh, but I've never <laughs> really spoken out loud, uh, it occurred to me to write it down and actually make it part of the episode. And that is the ways in which our expanding network and therefore the more defined boundaries of the Christian Humanist Podcast and its subject matter. To what extent has that been a good change? To what extent has that been a bad change? So, I mean, how has our our show changed now that we have dedicated shows to talk about astronomy, environmental policy, gender theory, presidential races, Homeric epics, Disney movies, and, you know, werewolves? Before you get to the actual changes, might it be worthwhile to narrate how those other shows came about? Tell, tell us a story, Uncle Michael. 
Oh, well, there's a bunch of different stories. Um, so Christian Feminist Podcast started very much the way this show did, which is that Victoria was doing her dissertation and was far away from her uh, university and, you know, felt kind of academically isolated. And so I suggested she she start that show and, and she did. Profiles started because we wanted to get free books. Uh, <laughs> which we did. <laughs> oh, yes, we did. <laughs> Uh, what else? Uh, sectarian Review started because we enjoyed having Danny so much uh, as David's replacement for that semester that we thought it would be a shame if the internet was deprived uh, yes. his voice, which it would have been a shame, and I'm glad that Sectarian Review exists. I think that's probably my favorite podcast anybody does, not just on our network. Deprived of the uh, Danny show. The Danny show. Uh, Book of Nature and City of Maine were both concerted efforts on our parts to to have a show on the network that covered topics we felt less comfortable covering. So obviously our ability to talk about science, very limited. So we had scientists, uh, all three of us have been historically not terribly comfortable with the political episodes. David, I remember before we did our first political episode, you sent us a very, very sincere email telling us how afraid you were to express your political views online, which, uh, 10 years later seems very funny. Uh, but you know, so yeah. that, that was, that was where City of Man came from. Coyle was a listener to the show, and we we approached him and said, "Hey, do you think you can find, um, do you think you can find somebody on the opposite end of the political spectrum who's you know as educated as you and also uh, a Christian?" And and he found Ed. Um, what what are shows uh, before they were live happened because my old friend Josh Altman Schofer was musing on Twitter about. Uh, starting a podcast where you watch slowly through Disney movies. So it was like, Oh yeah, well we can probably do that. Core, core curriculum was Josh's idea too. Um, kind of mm. indirectly, which, you know, I, I make this call last week on before they were live, but our listeners need to write Josh and tell him uh, that they want him to be on core curriculum. Cause I'm always trying to get him to come on that show. And he, he's only come on once. He doesn't feel comfortable doing it, but it was really his idea. He said, what would happen if you read over one of these texts more slowly than just one week? And um, you know, the, the wheels started turning in my head. What, what am I leaving out? Restoration came from Kim Anderson. That was her idea. And she pitched it to the network. Uh, and if anybody else has the, an idea, the, they can pitch it to us. Yeah, the Pietus Schoolman. We should mention that one. Pietus Schoolman was your idea, Nathan. You interviewed Gertz about his book, The Pietist Option, and kind of uh, bothered him about not being on a podcast anymore. And when he <laughs> decided to do another podcast, he uh, he came on the show. It was it's a little bit like um, every now and then you get like a young musician producing one of their idols' albums, and I always felt that way about. Pied a schoolman because obviously one of our big influences when we started the show was CWC the radio show which was uh, Gertz's Gertz's show so when he agreed to come on and do something for us kind of half for us and half for CWC uh, I I don't know about you guys but I was delighted by that oh yeah definitely who am I leaving out am I I feel like I I, I am leaving somebody out and now I feel guilty have I hit everybody I, I looked back at the RSS feed and I think. I think that covers it, but the, the the funny thing is, is the way that the shows have ended up spawning um, side projects. Yeah, like uh, complementarian-ish. Mm-hmm. Complementarian-ish. Uh, all of the country music episodes. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, true. <laughs> the, uh, the Ancient Asides series with City of Man. Um, so 
it's it's kind of fun to see how uh, these these it's not just that these other uh, these other shows have been, have have uh, been integrated into the fleet, um, but the ways that 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 we've been uh, I don't know create creating content that crosses the channels and in cool and fruitful ways. I, I've I've loved the the chances I've had of recording with. Uh, the other shows on the network. Um, well, yeah, and then there's the annual crossover event that yes. has kind of become its own show, right? Because it's definitely not the Christian Humanist Podcast. It's not City of Man. It is kind of the network, uh, you know, doing our thing. And my recollection yep. is that's a Victoria Reynolds Farmer joint. I think she she and, and maybe Katie David cooked that up. The, the, they were going to do episodes on... Firefly, and they're the ones That's who right. came up with That's the right. idea of like swapping panelists, which yeah. I look forward to every year. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's always a delight. I don't know if um, the 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 original question that you asked Nathan uh, after we kind of trace through it, uh, all of the things that you mentioned, uh, you know, our show intro is you know. Is it art and theology and philosophy and other things that human beings do well? There's a lot of space in that phrase. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, that that slogan comes from Nathan Gilmore. Yeah, that's uh, that that that's uh, that's all Nathan. Yep. So uh, there's a lot of space in other things that human beings do well, and one of the things that I have enjoyed that has developed over time. We started off, and this is a theme that we've kind of been developing uh, in our conversation is that we seem to, we seemed to start off with this idea that we're going to sort of wade in and have our say about all the big topics. But then in course of time, uh, our attention, our attention narrowed, our attention focused. I think we got a better sense of what we as a group um, were, best at mooting within our group also what things would be good for us to stretch ourselves because I, I know there have definitely been episodes where we took on topics that maybe we weren't the three people in the world best suited to talk about that but it was good that we we did it um but this this recognition that the world is full of full of things that are worth paying attention to in a particular kind of way um I was thinking as I was considering this question, the ways that the scriptures tell us about what God pays attention to, um, especially the back end of the book of Job. Um, God, the God, God at the back end of Job is super proud of horses. And goats. And goats. Uh, he's really concerned about the labor pains of goats that live and die out in the wilderness and no one ever knows. Um, he thinks ostriches are funny. He made him that way. Uh, and he is very impressed and wants us to be impressed with the Leviathan, even though the Leviathan is also um, one of the mighty things of the world that must be humbled. And so in a certain kind of way, I think if we model that attention in the humanities, um, what, what can we show loving intention to? What small things can we show compassion to by giving them attention? What are the high things in this world that have exalted themselves that must be brought to obedience 
to Christ. Um, that the way in which our our attention to different topics does them justice. And I feel like that's that's kind of become the larger project of the network is we pay attention, good attention to a lot of things and do them justice, human things, um, things that the images of God spend their time creating. And that's worth paying attention to, like sparrows falling out of a bush or a wild horse in the desert or a Leviathan. Hmm. Anything to add to that, Michael? No, I think that I think that makes sense. That that you know, it's it's just part of our part of our project here to talk about what can be talked about, and uh, we haven't we couldn't exhaust that on our show, so we're trying to exhaust it on the others, and maybe it'll be more in the future. Who knows? Who knows? Well, Michael, I want to turn from uh, within the show to beyond the show, then. One change that we can definitely narrate and describe is the way that the scene has changed over 11 years, to use a Kenneth Burke term. Uh, what are some of the biggest ways that the podcast world, the world of public Christian thinking, and other such surroundings have shifted since October 2009? Well, the podcast world is easy to narrate, right? Which is, and I, I kind of already did it, which is that everybody in the world now has a podcast. <laughs> I saw a news story last year that chilled me that said that people who uh, rent luxury apartments are now expecting there to be a podcasting room included in the mm, apartment no. they're renting. Yeah, well, that's what I read anyway. What? Yeah. Well, that's how many people have podcasts, right? I mean, literally, if you just go look on anybody on, on Twitter, and I, I'd, say, I'd, I'd say a third of people on Twitter have in their bio the podcast they're associated with. So, yeah, I mean, th that's part of it. Like when we started, there were some, we didn't invent the format by any means. I don't think we even, in, I know we didn't even invent the, the format we use, but now everybody has one. And some of them are much better funded than ours and much better produced than ours. And so um, it's gone from feeling like we were doing something kind of novel to feeling like, in some ways, I feel like we missed the boat on some things, that we were doing it so early we couldn't really ride the wave that everybody rode a few years ago, and, and that's fine. Um, but it, it may be one reason why we don't have a Patreon. I, I think we might have missed our opportunity to really monetize this thing. Um, the, the thing that has changed in the world of public Christian thinking is the thing that has changed in public thinking altogether, which is it has become so inherently political and and we're part of that i mean i i think if you look back over our episodes since 2016 there's probably twice as many political episodes as there were in the four years before that um and and in in some ways that's because we can't resist the culture we live in entirely either and in in some ways it's because we figure that other people aren't saying the things that we think need to be said and so we say them instead um but I, that's been that's been something I've noticed and something that is is uh, is a good thing in some ways and also a thing that I find kind of frustrating that all of our conversations end up having to come back to politics. And I, I'm sure that some of our listeners have also found that frustrating, um, which is why we, we try to do episodes on things that don't have anything to do with politics and that we can kind of keep politics out of, especially um, now that we have City of Man to kind of handle those things. Uh, what else has changed to you guys? I mean, I, I guess the other things I would say is that higher ed is, in in my from my position, beginning to collapse, and it makes, um, 
this this show, which has always been associated with Christian higher ed, uh, maybe seem a little more fragile um, just because Christian higher ed is more fragile. What do you guys think? David? Oh, I want to hear I want to hear what you have to say, Nathan. Well, I, I definitely think that uh, there is a there has been a rise over eleven years in gotcha culture, specifically in politics, uh, and we have, for the most part, I have to remind myself, avoided that. Uh, and I don't mean that you know we have avoided you know playing gotcha with other people, but really our listeners have not very often done the gotcha thing with us when I feel like they could have, mm-hmm. uh, which I think speaks well of our audience that you know. Uh, for whatever reasons, uh, that's just not something, that's not a game that they want to play with us. And I, I, I thoroughly respect that and I appreciate that. Um, I will say that, you know, as far as, you know, the world of Christian higher ed, I mean, I, I definitely think it is changing. Um, I think that Michael and I would certainly narrate those changes differently but it's hard to deny that, you know, in 2009, uh, there was an evangelical youth group feel to higher ed. And part of what I saw my, uh, my calling as in that uh, environment was to complicate uh, a, a Christian tradition that came to my students a little bit too simply. Now, I mean, you know, what the, what the call is, so to speak, is not to complicate, but to introduce. Yeah the Christian tradition to my students. And that includes the ones who come from, you know, broadly speaking, evangelical, but it's it's especially true of the many, many, many athletes that I teach uh, who stop going to church probably around age 10 or 11 because elite travel sports, you know, ate up all their weekends, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, So, I mean, I, I think that that has influenced what we are doing over on the podcast as well because... Uh, you know, we are, I, I won't, I won't say that our podcast is aimed at that demographic, but, uh, you know, our interactions with them certainly have affected that. So I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, I mean, a, a professional wrestling promoter has become the center of the discursive universe. <laughs> I've, I've tried to resist that, but I think Michael's <laughs> right. It's just, um, you know. Unfortunately, I mean, he really is an event horizon, and he sucks everybody in. So, David, what would you add? The proliferation of podcasts, to me, uh, has... And uh, I I, I narrated earlier that uh, at the beginning of this, I didn't listen to many podcasts. I still don't... I didn't listen to any, and I still don't listen to many. And... As I look around, I see a lot of folks who are recording, who are uh, thoughtful, credentialed, um, winning, and they're producing good content. And uh, I don't know, I I, I sometimes feel less as if um, we're the show that's doing this so much as we're the old show that's doing this. And having to kind of come back to these conversations every once in a while and be rejuvenated in the conversation, um, to see, uh, I, I think that the, what we're doing here is, is 
is worth doing even if it maybe never makes the the same splash that um that some of the other shows that have that have managed to you know the wheel they're rising on the wheel of fortune you know i'm not saying that we're you know we're descending in the wheel of fortune just that you know i i, I feel like in a lot of ways we're the little engine that could um, oh sure sure and one <laughs> one iteration of that david that that still amuses me to this day is that uh you know, about three and a half years ago when I went out to Los Angeles to uh, Theology Beer Camp that Trip Fuller put on, uh, I met a, a couple podcast crews, uh, one uh, Dan Koch and John Rains, who at the time were doing the Reconstruct podcast, now it's the You Have Permission podcast, and then I met uh, Jason Michelli and Tier Hardy of the Crackers and Grape Juice podcast, and both of them were just months into their new shows and both of them listened to our show and really kind of, you know, showed me a lot of deference when it came to, you know, you're the established veteran, you're the, you know, you're the model for our shows. Well, now, three and a half years later, those shows are much bigger than we are. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of fun. I mean, I, I, I don't get frustrated at that. Um, I mean, I think it's kind of fun. Uh, you know, this has always been my hobby. Uh, I never really envisioned it as... Uh, something that would eat up more of my life than an afternoon a week. So, um, but it's kind of been fun, I think. It is. It is fun. the The side project of profiles is has also been fun because uh, it means that I've gotten to talk to uh, a lot of people whose work I admire. Um, uh, been able to connect to people who uh, who were role models or were just kind of names that I that you know I respected but now they are people that I've had an hour of conversation with and now everyone can listen to it too um, and that that that's interesting that's that's not something that I expected when we started out um, that I would ever be able to I don't know I I thought we were gonna have a, a show in which we talked about the spheres not not one in which we actually ascended to them <laughs> right, right if that right. makes and, sense and for, and, and for me it's all of my seminary heroes that i've had on yes. that are just i mean wh- when i think about that you know i mean these are the people who were shaping me intellectually in my 20s and now you know in my 30s and 40s uh i'm bringing them on and you know sometimes pressing their points in their new books well and, and to, to me the weirdest thing is that like victoria and i are friends with christina bieber lake now Right, right. And I, I mean, I read her in graduate school. She was, she was a, a real hero of mine. And the, the, we, we got her on profiles, and then she is now inexplicably part of this network, which is great. It really is. It really Since is. we haven't said it yet, we should say that um, the bulk of the work, um, especially early on in profiles, was done by Kristen Filippic, who we mentioned at the end of the show. Um, she, she's the person who, who arranged a lot of these interviews for us so that show really wouldn't exist without Kristen's hard work too very true very true indeed well David I was 32 when we started this thing and you two were younger than that uh what sorts of things have changed about the show and about our projects more broadly as we've gotten grizzled oh my uh you asked this question as I uh have been spending my afternoon prepping for class tonight uh, Cicero's essay on old age 
Wonderful. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe that will shape some of what some of what uh, I I'm thinking. But uh, among the things that that Cicero says is that uh, it is becoming to make use of what one has and whatever you do to do in proportion to your strength. <laughs> that you know uh, he says that there are things that are were suitable for the young man that are not. Not as then there are things that are more suitable for the older man. Um, so as I'm, as I get your question, I'm thinking like, what are what are what are those things? I mean, I've certainly had, uh, I've had children. You know, that's right. That's you didn't thing. have kids when the show started. Didn't have kids when the show started. Um, we've all gone through. Uh, we've all gone through, job. Uh, job arcs. I don't think know. Nathan has. Have you, Nathan? Weren't you? you? I am still at Emmanuel College. Yeah, you yes, were there and when I, we started. I, I was in my first semester as an assistant professor mm-hmm. at Emmanuel College in October 2009. Crazy. That's true. But you did get promoted, so that's you know that's true. That, that is, Twice. That is, <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. Uh, the I, I feel like in 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 some ways. Our early episodes were more. We we were never kind of combative, you know, shock jock kinds of people. But I do feel like we were more fighty, and now we're more chill. Maybe <laughs> I don't know about that. I I did at one point invite Brian McLaren to get in the wrestling ring. That's true. You did. You did. <laughs> Oh, man. And so, the invitation still stands, by the way. I'm sure he's listening. <laughs> but one thing that I think has changed over the course of the show, and this is something we've mentioned before, uh, m- probably even years ago this was mentioned before, but uh, our listeners have heard far more hours of our conversation Far more conversa- far more hours of our conversation have happened in this format than have happened not in this format. Um, without this podcast, I would not be I would not be connected to uh, two people who have been some of my closest and most tightly connected over the years uh, friends. And that was not true at the beginning. Y'all were both my friends, but I'd never been in the room with the, with the two of you at the same time. Yeah, I, I, um, I don't know how many times I can say that because it, it it seems weird now. But like, yeah, <laughs> like I had been in the room with you. Had been in the room with Nathan. You and Nathan had been in the room together, but we had never occupied a space together until I think, um, like when it, you came into Athens to take your comprehensive exams. Was it? That's right. Yep. Yeah. That was the what. The first, the first conversation we ever had that wasn't recorded. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> yeah, I believe so. <laughs> it was weird. Yeah. So, and and Katie and Victoria are very close. I don't. I don't know. Yes. Well, they were. Um. They they were office mates. So. Uh. That they they have they they were definitely connected. Uh. Before the show, but I knew you. Primarily, primarily through Katie's relationship with Victoria. Right. Like I knew, I knew you in the department, but um, we didn't take a lot of the same. I, did we ever take a, the same class? I think you were done with your coursework before I got there. 
Yeah, yeah, that makes yeah that that sounds right. Um, I took several classes with you, Nathan. So oh yeah yeah. So so we had we'd we'd been through the old English ring round and round, and uh, Chaucer with Cole and that sort of thing. But yeah, I mean one of the one of the things that I think has changed over the course of the show um, is the the degree to which. I look forward to this as just part of my, just, it, it's, it's almost more of a social call. <laughs> <laughs> I still get stage fright about profile, stage fright about profiles. Me too. Every episode. I think, do I yeah. have to do this? Yeah. And then I think how many hours of my voice are on the internet available for everyone? I do this every week, but then I realize I don't have that conversation with this person. I've never had that conversation with them before. Um, so if except if, for Kevin Van Hooser, <laughs> except for okay, and and Fred Sanders. So you know, uh, Van Hooser and Sanders. Yes, uh, th- those are those are conversations that pick up where. We and are. listeners should understand that we do talk when we're not on the air. Like we have a running Facebook private message that's been going for about ten years. Yes, basically, so we, we talk that way probably five times a week but not uh we in terms of like out loud conversations you yeah. if, if you've listened to every episode of the show you've probably heard 60 to 75 percent of the words mm-hmm. we've ever said to each other out loud yeah so if if you are just a glutton for punishment and you want to go back to s to episode one and then don't. binge all the way up to 300 don't do that first don't but if you did and you were weird like that, you could chart some kind of a what things are changing in these speakers' lives over the course of time. And you'll see gaps where Danny appears, and that's because Dave had another baby. And you know, <laughs> I think you were actually or, or you had to your... finish your dissertation. Yes, you'll see dissertation defenses, you'll see comprehensive exams, you'll see uh, you'll see moves, you'll see jobs, you'll see uh, publications of books, you'll see like all of these things that have just happened to us over the years. And it's, I, I, I think that's kind of, kind of neat that it's all sort of happened in this format. And that's part of our added value. David, we actually, (laughs) I don't know if you remember this, but you accepted your job at central after the season had wrapped and Nathan and I recorded a special quick episode where we announced it and we didn't tell yeah. you we were doing it. I remember that. Seven yeah, I remember Army that is the name of the episode. If anybody wants to go back. Yep. Going to Wichita far from this opera forevermore. Wow, David, that was a pop culture reference and you got it like that. Uh, <laughs> that's because you gave my first job a theme song, my dude. <laughs> It ran through my head for years. That's amazing. When I went to work. Yes, for years, absolute years that went through my head every time I drove to work. That's so funny. Well, yeah. I hope you like the song. I I don't I don't not like the song. I, it's it's one of those um and that 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 sounded more, far more negative. Like it's it's almost as if it doesn't it's not in the realm of whether or not I like it anymore. Right. It's the song that goes with yeah. that thing. Do you like it? It's kind of like every once in a while I'll be out in public and the Nico Case. Is it Nico Case? <laughs> it's Nico Case, yeah. People yeah, got a lot of nerve. will come on the PA 
And, I, and I'll think, what in the world? Why is our podcast playing? <laughs> I think I've told this, so- this story before in the podcast. Well, why did we pick that song? Because sometimes people have tried to like come up with what the lyrics have to do with what our show does. It doesn't have anything yep. to do with it. I went to a site that had royalty-free music. I knew that song and liked it. I thought it would make a good intro. So there's no particular... The song is about um, people being killed by animals they keep in cages. <laughs> It's a great song, but it, the lyrics don't really have anything to do with anything we do here. We just... but, but listeners, if you want to write in and allegorize it, please feel free. I, I think that would be awesome. The rise you know, of the beasts. The, the part that happens right after the song fades out, I don't know how, how many of our listeners know the whole song, is somebody gets killed by a killer whale, and she's she says, well, you know, they call them killer whales. Nice. Uh, and for a while, you know, I changed the, uh, the, the uh, theme music every episode. Um, to make it thematic and the reason I stopped doing that is because we had student um, student editors and I didn't want to make them have to cut the the theme every every week so th- that's why that stops mm-hmm. yeah that is so that that is one thing that changes over time um, also and I don't, I don't know if this is the case with y'all but uh, I've, I feel like over the course of time I have a much better sense of what questions I might be able to ask either of the two of you that you can just sort of walk up to the T and smack it across the fairway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and that, that is, that is fun too, um, to be able to think about, okay, what is the thing that I can unleash Michael on here? And how can I phrase that so that, um, you know, what, what are his resources? What is his genre? Um, what is Nathan, what's in Nathan's wheelhouse? And that's, and that's fun. Um, we used to have that drop David. That was the fanfare that said, now David Groves talks Beowulf. Yeah. <laughs> and my hard drive crashed and I lost it. So that's why nobody hears that. Plus you don't, because we do the single text episodes. We, we, you don't talk about Beowulf as much as you used to. Yes, that's true. It's cause I have so much more to talk about now. It's true. I'm so much more well-rounded. You're a renaissance man. Basically. How many new texts, how many texts do you guys teach or have you taught that you would not have encountered if one of us hadn't made you read it? That's, that's a question. Oh goodness. I haven't really thought about that. My, um, I know that I started teaching song of Roland after we talked about it on an episode. Ah, hmm. uh, I'm trying to think of other other texts that would fit that bill. David, I mean, can you think of any? I had never taught any Greek drama or any Greek tragedy beyond Antigone huh. before that before that triptych. And then after that, I incorporated as much of it as I could into uh, into my teaching. Um, uh. I know I've worked, uh, I worked Richard Weaver into things, uh-huh. yep. uh, taught his essay, um, on the Phaedrus in, in a class. Um, and I know there's gotta be other things. If I just, you know, scrolled through our feed of old episodes, I'd be like, okay, then that's when I learned about that text. Um, but some have come the other way around. Uh, we had that episode on God's, on, uh, God's trombones. And uh, I encountered that text first in a teaching context here. Then I was like, okay, we need to talk about this on the, on the podcast. So then I, I brought, it, brought it in that way. 
Um, but I, I've definitely used uh, episodes, uh, especially core curriculum now, but other episodes, uh, other single text episodes. I've said we've talked for a 50 minute class about this particular play and here's a podcast that you can listen to about some other plays by that same person or whatever. Um, that that's definitely been a thing. Well, here at the Christian Humanist, we are more or less an open book as we've been talking about, but still, as Michael noted, uh, our listeners do get the fruits of preparation, editing, and a fair bit of restraint at the microphone. So here at our end, I want our listener here at the end of this episode, pardon me, I want our listeners to hear a little bit about what goes on when they can't see or hear us. So Michael, tell a behind-the-scenes story and then pass it on to David. This show does not require a huge amount of editing. Um, and, and I always told our interns, look, you know, you're probably not going to have to cut much out. But I stutter sometimes. David stutters sometimes. Nathan yells profanity for no reason. And you'll need to cut those <laughs> moments out. <laughs> it's not true. Like every episode. Uh, every episode. Words I've never even heard of. Um, it's like, like glossolalia. What's a philic but uh, I I will say that early on we had a weird recording setup because again we were a very early podcast there wasn't a lot of information on how to do this stuff and lots of people weren't doing it so they didn't have a lot of specialized programs and so I'm trying to remember how the uh, the recording setup worked I recorded one track going straight in from my headset into my computer into GarageBand at that time because I was still using a Mac And then I used a complicated workaround to record the two of you on another track. And the first episode of the first, the first episode of the show, we lost completely. So we recorded the episode and it didn't record either me or you guys. It must've been you guys. Cause if it had been me, I probably would have just gone back in and, and spoken what I said. Cause again, I had it all written out anyway. Um, so, uh, so I, I would say that's the that's the big story is that there's an entire lost episode which I'm sure was even worse than the one we've actually done. You know, Danny tells everybody <laughs> who talks to him about recording podcasts that he when he first started he recorded five episodes that he just threw in the garbage, and I think that's such a good idea because you have to figure out what your rhythm is. You can't just go on and start talking. On before they were live, we got around that problem by. Um, judiciously editing and and kind of putting in uh, uh, transition music on on that show. Although we ended up dropping that once we finally got a groove going. But here we didn't really do that, and instead the early episodes are just kind of jerky, and you, you can kind of you can kind of hear the uh, the wheels grease. The one I remember is um, there's one episode, and you know that that weird jerry-rigged system failed me at one point and there's this huge gap and I couldn't figure out what to do with it. So I went and found, I went on like dictionary.com and got the recording of somebody saying lacuna and I just dropped that into where the, <laughs> where the lacuna was. And, and what, I, what I used to do on Christian Feminist, which I still edit, but what, what, what I do there when there's a weird pause is I put in Little Spanish Flea, and that's, I mean, I did that on like the third episode of that show, and now anytime there needs to be a pause, or even when there doesn't, and I just think it would be funny, I put it in. So hopefully their fans uh, appreciate that. 
<laughs> nice, nice. It's whimsical. Well, I try. Now, I, I you know, if our listeners care, we all three of us record our own tracks. So, um, so now it, it almost doesn't matter what the internet connection's like. I remember for five, six, seven years, uh, every episode, either Nathan and I would have to go, Grubs, you got to repeat that. We didn't catch any of it because Central's uh, Central's internet was so bad yeah. that uh, yeah. you would you would crap out multiple times an episode, <laughs> and and for some reason we're all so stupid that it took us until 2018 to realize oh you know we could each record our own uh, <laughs> we could each so, record and, our and, own and, voice. and you know what it was Michael it was when I did that guest spot on partially examined life oh because that's how they do it and yeah and I said guys you won't believe this they all record locally. And then they just upload all the files to the server. It's so much easier. It's so much easier to edit that way. The only thing you have to worry about, and I know that we have a couple episodes that work like this from one of our interns, is if you're not careful when you're editing, you'll shorten one track and not the other two. And things will get way out of uh, out of sync. And I know we have a couple episodes that work like that. And I apologize on behalf of our editor who I didn't warn uh, about that. And um, yeah. And it, I, I think I remember that because it was the one where it sounded like every time David stopped talking, there was this 17 second pause. Uh-huh. Yeah. But the, but then while he was still talking, <laughs> I, I would jump in and interrupt him. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I really wasn't talking over him. I promise. So, so if our <laughs> listeners hear that, <laughs> that's probably what happened is is the, the editing went bad. I know there's a couple of episodes of book of nature that are almost unlistenable because of that and unfortunately once the original files have been deleted there's nothing we can do about it other than re-record the episode um which nobody wants to do yeah yeah we've had to do that with at least one episode of core curriculum because that's the other problem if you do it the way we're doing it and somebody loses their file you're out of luck because you don't have you don't have a a central source for all of them so one episode of core curriculum last year got re-recorded that way and i mean i i think i've told this story too i interviewed roger lundine shortly before his death may he rest in peace (laughs) and he wanted he wanted to do a video call because he is a human being who enjoys looking at other human beings he's the only person i've ever interviewed who wanted to do a video call because he wanted to be able to see me which you know great uh, but that meant that I used a different program that I normally used, and I set it up wrong, and it only recorded him. So if you go back and listen to the Roger Lundin interview, um, his stuff is live, and my questions and my responses to him are my going back through and re-recording them to match his responses. And well, I haven't had the guts to listen to it to see if it uh, if it sounds like that. But I know that. Um, I know that Abigail Favale used to used to assign that interview to her uh, literary theory class, so it must not have been too bad. Either that or it was like she assigned it so that she could mock me in class, which I would believe. <laughs> or, or, you know, as, as an exemplar of a postmodern pastiche. That's true. That's yeah. true. Well, at least it wasn't the other way around. Just, you know, just recording your, your questions and then you had to do a Roger Lundin impression. Yeah, well, and and fortunately, um, <laughs> Roger uh, kind of monologued for a lot of that episode, so it, it it wasn't as much as it would have been on some other uh, some other interviews I've done. Have you guys stopped to consider that the two people we've had on profiles who've died are both named Roger? Huh. Interesting. I hadn't thought Roger of that. Scruton is the other one. Huh. Oh man, and that was a a dream interview. I never thought that we would land that, but 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 Kristen did. 
Yeah, it's a, 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 I don't know if we've ever mentioned that you tried to get Kristen to request Pope Benedict. <laughs> po- po- Pope Emeritus. Was he was he Pope Emeritus then? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he that's was. right. Because that would have been 2013, wouldn't it? When when the that that changeover happened. <laughs> that's so. But I mean, we've gotten people almost as big as Pope Benedict. You know, you've interviewed N.T. Wright four or five times. Yeah, five times. Gosh. Wow. He's been incredibly. N.T. Wright has been the most common guest on Christian Humanist Profiles. Well, hold up, is that right? I, uh, how many Van Hoosers and Sanders are we up to? No, you, you've you've passed him. You, like okay, like, all right, all right. Christina B. Relake has has been interviewed three times, and she interviewed Jessica Hooten Wilson once. So I mean, yeah. maybe she's second place if you count the interview as an interview. Yeah, um, yeah. Van Hooser, I think it's I think it's N.T. Wright, Van Hooser, Sanders. Who's okay. your Who's your dream? Like, who would you love to get on profiles? Oh goodness! I actually invited Rowan Williams to talk about his book with me, but his publicity people never got back to me. That would have been cool. He just put out another um, new one, Nathan. Maybe it's time to ask again. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, I mean, Alistair McIntyre would be cool. Oh, can you imagine? Does he know how to use a computer? I, can you imagine him with like a headset microphone? Uh, what would his Skype name be? Mm. You know, one of the one of the funny things, I don't know if it's funny now, with the proliferation of podcasts, uh, there is a generation of authors that we can do pretty good at getting them uh, getting them for interviews, but some of the younger generation of authors who are coming up, a lot of them have their own podcast. They don't need us. And they don't, they aren't looking for that, you know, sort of virtual book tour publicity. Although I will say to his credit that, uh, the philosopher Nick Riggle, uh, came on our show after he did NPR and Australian broadcast company Hmm. and just gave a, a just lights out interview and it was just one of the most fun shows I've done. And I, I remember thanking him afterwards because he he definitely took a step down in exposure to come on our show. We have been turned down at least twice. I know it's twice because I've requested them twice. James K. Smith. I don't know. I don't know if, if either of you have yeah. ever been turned down by James K. Smith. No, I've never requested him because I knew he wouldn't come on to talk with you. <laughs> Oh, and we, there is another Lost Episodes of Profiles, which I interviewed Alan Jacobs about his book, How to Think. And it was a great interview. One of those ones where you hardly even look at the questions because you're just talking. And uh, my computer died. My my hard drive crashed and I lost the file. Ah. Oh. And then I requested him for his new book and he never got back to me. So I don't know if... if I know he, I know <clears throat> he, he is very um, jealous of his time. And that's, you know, that's his right. That's fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that, I, that makes sense. If I were Alan Jacobs, I wouldn't do every interview that uh, I got offered either because he would have not, not have time to write his books. True enough. David, you got any stories to bring? Well, I mean, we, we did kind of start the one earlier, and it was one that I wanted to tell of uh, the, the, the great CHP road trip um, to uh, Dort College. Sioux Center, Iowa. Sioux, mm-hmm. Dort College in Sioux Center, Iowa. Um, and we recorded 
uh, we recorded in a in a in an actual university or an actual college radio station. I was so excited because I got to teach you guys how to use a cough button. Yeah, that was so cool. <laughs> Michael was very excited. Yeah, you you were you you were definitely uh, that. I, I felt like now now I understand Michael Farmer. <laughs> In a, in a certain kind of way. If you can understand uh, Christian college radio stations, you can understand me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we recorded before the audience. Um, we all gave papers at a panel. And uh, I still remember because uh, that, that, one, that one stands out because uh, Nathan was the only one who asked a, pa- a question about my paper. And I think it's because he felt sorry for me. Um, it was a good paper. <laughs> that was the paper where you had the dad joke in like six languages. Yes, I did. That's a very anyway. David Grubbs paper. I couldn't follow it because it's so outside of my area yeah. of expertise. That's Such fair. As it is. You know that conference. I had a paper written about Heidegger and iconography, and that same damn hard drive crash killed that paper, and I had to present an alternate paper. Oh man. Ah. Huh. I don't remember you saying that. Well, maybe I didn't tell you, but I sure told did, Davey, did... who was uh, organizing the conference. Okay. And that yeah. whole thing happened because of um, because of Davey Henriksen. I, I submitted a paper, and he recognized my name. It's the only time anybody's ever recognized my name. And uh, he wrote back and said, hey, why don't you get Nathan and David to submit, too, and you can do a live podcast. And I said, well, I'll try, but... Nathan really famously hates conferences, so I can't imagine... (laughs) We have an episode about how much I hate conferences. (laughs) He really notoriously hates them. But you did it, and that was fun. I mean, I would do another live episode in a second. Uh, So if anybody wants to book us for that, please, by all means, send us an email. We're probably cheaper than you think we are. (laughs) Like, I don't think we got paid for that. Yeah, we're practically giving it away over here. Uh, not practically, literally. <laughs> yeah. So that was fun, and we got to eat. Oh gosh, we, pizza we, ranch. We, pizza ranch. Yeah, you guys we had your first pizza. pizza ranch experience. Yeah, that was that was scintillating. Um, and then we had Chinese food, and oh wow, wherever we were, we were downwind from some pig farm beyond the horizon. I just uh, I just cow, remember cattle cattle was it cattle? Really. Kate Henriksen was showing us around the campus, and Gilmore's like, "So do you get used to the smell?" And there's this like three Mississippi, and she goes, "No." <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember I remember the 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 drive out there and the. You know, I just I just remember all that. It's just a very fun time. I think it's the only time I've ever been in a car for six hours when we didn't turn the radio on. Yes. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I am still kind of kind of sort of a little bit sad that we didn't record that, like turn that into a on the road with the Christian Humanist podcast. Oh, good lord! Kind of thingy. Would that would that have been a little too self indulgent? I, I don't know that anybody would have wanted to listen to that. It certainly would have been explicit. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't very well have asked Ellen to edit it. That's for sure. That's fair. That's fair. That's a fair point. Um, 
that uh, <laughs> that trip is where I told you guys that I, th- I was thinking of converting to Catholicism, mm-hmm. which I did. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because I remember I remember saying that to Davey and he was like, well, yeah, <laughs> like he had picked up on it. Um, he would, he'd picked up on it before I had, apparently. <laughs> he's like really considering it that's it's, you know you've kind of been talking about that i don't know it'd be fascinating to see what it is that uh, that listeners uh perceived before we ourselves consciously voiced i can only assume that 40 years from now somebody's going to write their dissertation on this podcast <laughs> oh now i feel bad <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll kind of I'll, I'll kind of wrap up with the the story of the the two times that I thought the podcast was ending because of my incompetence. Um, listeners, I I don't know when the last time was we managed we mentioned it, but I am the webmaster for this project uh, only because I was a computer science major for a semester. <laughs> Um, it shows and, how bad the rest of us are at computers. Well, <laughs> and, uh, you know, two times that I remember, actually, I'll, I'll mention three. One of them was uh, we had to, and I'm trying to think. No, the two of them are part of the same one, so there's be two. We got a cease and desist notice from our uh, host uh, because I had purchased an unlimited, you know, upload-download program. It was a few bucks a month. Uh, but you know, they came at me with this, you know, email that said, you know, you are violating the terms and I emailed back and I said, it's called an unlimited plan. Have we, have we surpassed unlimited? And you know, it was some side clause about file storage or some such. So I got on the phone with Trip Fuller and I said, oh my gosh, Trip, the podcast is going to end because I, I didn't read this fine print closely enough. And he talked me down and said, this happens to every podcast when you get to a certain size and, you know, talked me through the process and options and all that. And we got it all, you know, cooking and it was all good. Uh, and then when I was moving us over to our new server, uh, I messed something up. And I didn't know that I had messed it up. And so the next time I picked up my phone, it was downloading 170 episodes of the Christian Humanist Podcast. And Nathan, I can tell you the date that happens because there's a giant <laughs> okay. spike on our feed burner uh, feed. Where where everybody downloads 170 episodes, it's like September 7th, 2018. <laughs> yes, yes. I was the just looking at what our most popular episode was, and I thought, why were there so many downloads on that day? <laughs> were we mentioned in the New York so, Times. So that was one moment of uh, of supreme incompetence. Uh, the other one was uh, I got messages from. Todd Pedler of the uh, Book of Nature podcast, Danny Anderson of uh, Sectarian Review, and I forget who else, maybe Coyle Neal, all on the same day saying, we are out of storage. And I I looked on the server and I realized I hadn't logged into the server for months. (laughs) And yes, indeed, we had filled up every gigabyte of that server. So I, I spent the next, I feel like, six or seven hours on the phone with uh, our server company, which is one and one, they've they've done very good work with us, so I don't mind mentioning them. Uh, and mercifully, you know, they had a very humane uh, tech support person who talked me through the transition into a bigger server, a faster server, so on and so forth. I emailed everyone out, you know, just 
mortified because, uh, you know, I, I, I really despise asking people for money, but I was going to ask everyone to, you know, chip in a little bit extra every month so we can have a better server. And, you know, within half an hour, you know, eight different people have said, oh, yeah, that's fine. We can pay a little extra. I said, oh, good. So, so if we ever do uh, do you a know, Patreon, that's where the money will go. Yeah, yeah basically, basically. That and pay, well, guys, paying Brit, who edits uh, uh, profiles. We haven't yes, mentioned Brit yes. yet. Kristen found Brit for us. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. The, the one person who's listened to all of them. <laughs> I don't know when there's when there's an episode with music I usually edit it because I don't I don't ever feel right asking other people to choose clips from songs so maybe maybe she went back and listened to the one where Danny interviewed that Dylan scholar or the one where Nathan and I interview Steve Taylor uh, but uh, she may not have hard to say hard to say well guys thank you for uh, you know indulging my uh, my nostalgia here uh, for our 300th episode. Um, Michael, what's up for next week? Well, uh, my Catholic sponsor, Joe, asked us to do another episode on Chesterton. And I didn't feel I was in a position to refuse him. And I asked him which Chesterton he knew, what he would prefer. And he mentioned the man who was Thursday, uh, which is what we're going to talk about next week. Chesterton's Excellent. weird little novel, The Man Who Was Thursday. And, man, that ending was just as weird as heck. You'll hear about it next week, listeners. You'll hear about it next that, week. That, that, that novel is available uh, on online for free, I believe, if you don't want to buy a copy. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. the, yep, it is. Anyway, listeners, until then, uh, thank you for listening to the Christian Humanist Podcast. Uh, the Christian Humanist Podcast is part of the Christian Humanist Radio Network. You can pick us up online at christianhumanist.org or you can email us at thechristianhumanist at gmail.com we also have a facebook group and a twitter feed at ch radio network uh kristen Philippic is our press liaison michael farmer edits our episodes and in behalf of michael farmer and in behalf of david grubbs this is nathan gilmore saying let your sins be strong let your faith be stronger <laughs>